Good evening. I, I must admit that this good singing put me in a kind of a frame of mind. I, I could have sat there all night and just listened to the voices of each of you as you joined uh, in this, this heavenly choir. I tell the saints at uh, Wheelis Lane that when we all get to heaven, uh, I said when we all get to heaven, that my job will be over. <laughs> but singing will only begin. We will sing in heaven a new song, amen? We will sing in heaven about how we got over, amen? We will talk about how good God has been and how he's brought us a mighty long way. We'll, we'll continue to sing God's praises and adoration to him because he's such a good God, amen? He's such a powerful God, amen? He's such a wonderful God. There, there's nobody like him. And I want to talk about that God, and in particular his son, who is with us, even in the midst of our storms, who's with us in our darkest moments, who's with us when we think we have no hope, who's with us when nobody else can understand where we are. My God is with us. I asked Charlie how much time I had, and he declined to answer, but I'm smarter than... <laughs> and I won't take advantage of that. I'll just set a a little bit of a timer here. I'm reminded of a mother and her son uh, who came to church one evening, and the son was watching everything that happened in the church building, and uh, the men came up and sat at the table or stood at the table, and the little boy asked his mother, what's, what's, what's going on? And she says, they're getting ready to do the Lord's Supper. A little later on, a man got up and uh, got in front of the audience, and he asked mom, he says, mom, what's What's going on there, Mom? He's, he's, he says he's getting ready to pray. Just bow your head, son, and he's going to lead us all in prayer. And when the preacher got in the pulpit and took his watch off and sat it down by there, the little boy asked his mother, what's, what's, what's going on, Mom? She said, that don't mean a thing, son. Just that don't mean a thing. Matthew records this for us in the 14th chapter and the 23rd verse. The Bible reads thus, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth hour of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified 
And they said it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The sound of the phone pierced the early morning silence. A hesitant hand picked up the phone and an uneasy hello greeted the caller. No good phone call arrives at 3 a.m. in the morning. Tears filled weary eyes and an anxious heart was broken. Anguish cries escaped open lips. The storm had begun. Storms don't call ahead. They don't announce themselves they, they aren't fair. They destroy plans. They ruin dreams. They ruin the hopes and expectations of men and women, husbands and wives, fathers and mothers. They can not only ruin the rest of your day, storms have the potential to ruin the rest of your lives. What normally happens is that you are you're walking along the street of life and fall unexpectedly in an open manhole cover. The doctor says cancer. And what's yet worse, it's it's inoperable. Your boss calls you into the room to announce your termination. She cheated on me. He cheated on me. My child has now suffered a grave accident. And now I've got to go identify 
the back. The storm, the storm has come. And it's raging. And you and I, because we are human, because we are flesh, because we are limited in our power and our ability to handle those storms that life throws at us, we agonize. They overwhelm us. There's, there's too much water for the boat we're in. Darkness and fear clouds our vision, and, and we can't see the end of the storm, let alone navigate through the storm. This is the time that, that someone needs to throw us for a preserver. This is the time that someone needs to throw us a lifeline. And this is the disciples' dilemma. They're in the middle of a storm. They've struggled all night in this storm. These are seasoned fishermen who are familiar with the waves and familiar with the sea. Yet, yet Scripture, when it refers to how the waves beat against the boat, the same word that is translated beat or beaten by the waves could very easily be translated tortured. Have, have you ever been in a storm where you, where you feel that it's not right? It's, why me, Lord? Have you been in a storm where you, you, you had no answers? And, and what I find so remarkable about all of this is that Jesus sent them into the storm. Oh, yes. My Lord and Master sends us into storms. But it is not to torture us. It is not to frighten us. It is, it is not to be mean-spirited. My Savior isn't callous. My Savior isn't... Um, mean. My, my Savior understands the storm, and, and Scripture says that he saw them struggling. What does it say about a master who sends us into difficulty? What, what does it say about a master who disturbs our peace? One narrative said that as he came walking on the water, he intended to pass them by. Bear with me here just a moment and ponder that for just a second. He's aware of the storm. He sent them into the storm. And as he crosses this sea, and as the storm begins to overwhelm them, His plans initially 
is to pass them by. Night, and this all happened in the wee hours of the morning, so it's still dark. And I, I, I take the darkness to be not only literal, but metaphorical. Darkness obfuscates reality. Darkness lies to us. Darkness paints our world with impossibilities, shapes and figures become exaggerated in the darkness. I, I remember myself, I, I, am, I, was, I hate to admit this, but I was one of those young men who was afraid of the dark. It was difficult for me, Brother Charlie, to go to bed without a nightlight. I woke up the entire house late one night because what was nothing more than just a shirt on a chair in the darkness became a grotesque monster. My mind exaggerated what was in the room. A bush in the wind becomes a monster trying to get into the house. And, and darkness is, is, is like that. Darkness hides from us the vision we need. And, and, and it's, it's typified in this story because as the disciples struggled in the middle of the storm, they see Jesus walking by them and now their master who they, who they love, who they adore, who they, who, who they who is teaching them how to be servants and how to be missionaries and how to carry on his work after them. Now his figure, because of the darkness, tortures them. And they scream out that it is a ghost. In this storm, the disciples needed an anchor. In your storm, when it's the darkness, does your fear intensify when the doctor says that that's all I can do? Do you, or does your hopelessness increase when you've exhausted all possibilities and all remedies do you cry out like these disciples did in anguish when your anchor is gone? You know what I find interesting about this narrative? You know what I find powerful? Is that Jesus didn't immediately calm the storm. Think about that for just a moment. Storms are necessary. Storms are faith builders. Storms 
Help us establish that anchor. Gives us the confidence in spite of the darkness, in spite of the uncertainty, in spite of our helplessness. And Jesus' job isn't to calm all of your storms, but he will be with you in your storms. Say amen if you can. It is, it is good to know that in my darkest hour, that he's there. When I, when, I need, when I need him the most, he's there. And he walks to them as they cry out. And in the middle of his storm, in the middle of their storm, he says, be of good cheer. Isn't that amazing? The doctor said, that's all I can do for you. And, and, and Jesus says, be of good cheer. Because it is I. I'm stepping into your storm. The, the actual word is, I am. And so, in that one phrase, he echoes what his father said to Moses in Exodus, the third chapter. He said, I am. Jesus, in John's gospel, goes through a series of I am to, to let his disciples understand and fully comprehend and appreciate who he is. And if he's in the storm with you, then everything's going to be all right. He says, I, I, I am the bread of life. I, I, you won't be hungry without me or with me. If you believe in me, you will never thirst again. He, he said, I am the light. Be of good cheer. I am. I am the, I am the elucidation. I am the understanding. I am the answer. I may not calm your storm, but I'll help you get through your storm. And so I am light in the middle of your darkness. And so there's no need for fear. I'm the gate. And anybody who comes through me will be saved. And he will find pastor because I am. I, I am the good shepherd. And I'll lay down my life for you. I'll do for you what no friend can do. I'll do for you what no parent can do. I'll do for you what no spouse can do. I am the good shepherd. And I will walk with you, and I will comfort you, and I will nurture you, and I will feed you, and I will console you, and I will lead you, and yes, I'll carry you.
because I am. Remember Mary and Martha's storm. Lazarus had died and this I am comes in the middle of their storm. This, this I am comes and says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And whosoever believes in me, though he dies, he shall live. I am. Don't you see the power of Jesus not ending your storm, but stepping into your storm. When you are confused and lost and at a fork in the road and there's not a sign that navigates your next step, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And he says, finally, abide in me. Stick with me. Trust in me. Never depart from me because I am the vine. And if you remain in me, I will remain in you, and you will bear much fruit. And without me, you can do nothing. I am. Be of good cheer. It is I. In the middle of your storm, I don't care what your storm is. In the middle of your storm, Jesus comes to each and every one of us and he whispers, be of good cheer. I am. I'm the answer. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I'm what you need. And then in the middle of the story, one of my favorite apostles. Don't you just love Peter? Don't you just? Peter, his energy and his, his, his eagerness, his, his willingness to, 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 to please his master, to, to be who his master wants to be, over whams him at time. And, and, and Peter says, well, Lord, if it's you, if, if it's you, Lord. Now, I want you to listen to the language he says. He, he, he says, command me. 
command me to come to you. Now, 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 I want us to analyze and I want us to think about just that moment and that request. See, see this is where our faith really hits the road. We, our faith, we, we live our faith in, in real time. The, see, the problem with Scripture sometimes is, for, for too many of us, is that we read these stories and we believe that's all they are. They, they're just stories. But, but Peter says, if it's you, Lord, let me get my faith wet. Command me. Command me to come into to come to you in the middle of this storm. Think about his request. I I I, I have two children. Well, they're grown now, but but I don't ever remember them saying to me, command me to eat this cookie. <laughs> you, you don't ask people to command you to do things you, you want to do. I, I've never said to Diane, command me to go to the golf course. She might have commanded me to go, but that's another story. Jesus, Peter's, Peter says to Jesus, let me do the impossible with you, Lord. Let me, let me step out on this, this water. Let, let, me, let me do the impossible in the middle. Don't, 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 don't kill the storm. Just, just let me walk to you. Let me step out there on faith. Let me get my faith wet. And, and, and sometimes our storm asks and challenges us to get our faith wet. We sometimes think that some things that God has given us to do, some storms he's placed us in, that we can't live in those storms. We can't survive those storms. There's no way I can live a celibate life might be your storm. But Peter is saying, command me. And, and you and I, in the middle of that storm, ought to say, Lord, if that's your will for me, command me. There's, there's no way I can live without the hate I feel for someone because of the anger I have, because of the rivalry we, we have, because the relationship has fallen apart. Maybe we ought to say to the Lord, command me. There's no way I can be the Christian you want me to be. Command me. There's no way I can sober up. Command me. There's, there's no way I can change. Command me. Peter says, Lord, if it's you and if everything is possible with you, if that's how you want me to live, if you want me to survive this storm, if you want me to go over on the other side, command me, walk with me in this storm. And my master simply says, come, come. Where are you in your storm? Do you have your storm in your mind? 
is the darkness beginning to fade because now you understand you are not alone? The waves are still intense, but there is this figure that is now familiar in the storm. And it is easy for you now, as long as you focus on the master of the wind and the waves, as long as you focus on the Savior who can stand up in the middle of your storm and say, Peace, be still. Then you will walk. And just, just as solid as this floor is, Peter walks. Oh, you, you, some of you want to let me know that he failed, that he sank, but that's all right. I, I, I know that he walked. He did what he thought no one else could do. He, he did the impossible. And, and see, you and I, we can walk on our storm. We can, we can walk on the waves. We can, we can ignore the winds. We can ignore the thunder. We can ignore the clap of lightning. We can ignore all of that that causes us to cry out, it's a ghost. We can tell the darkness you don't hide from me the truth that my Savior is right here with me. And as long as I focus on him, as long as I keep my eyes on my Savior, But that's why I love Peter. Because he's just like me. And every once in a while, it's real easy to get distracted. And while we read about these stories, when you're the one in the story, the storm really is real. And it's very easy to see the waves and hear the roar of the wind. Before I moved here, I lived in Florida. And hurricanes would come through every year. And if you've ever been in a hurricane, you realize how out of control your life and your situation really is. When the roof sounds like it's about to come out and separate itself from the structure that you're in, you, it's real easy to focus on the wind. It's hard to sleep when the wind is howling. Last night it, it rained Elephants. <laughs> and it woke me up. And I felt the wind against the house. And 
in the storm, it's real easy to get lost. And Peter lost sight of Christ. Don't let your storm obscure your Savior. Because if it does, you will do as Peter did. You will sink. You will doubt. And you will have remorse. And Peter, realizing the the precarious nature that he was in, now streams out to the Lord. And it's good to know that he's still there. He's still there, and he's still waiting, and he will still help. And he, he cries out to his Savior, who extends to him an arm and brings him into the boat. And Jesus says to him, Oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? And some of us might be looking at that and saying, that's not really a fair question for Jesus to ask Peter. Because he didn't command the waves and the wind, and it's easy for him to doubt. But what we must realize is that in these miracle stories that we read in Mark and in Matthew and in John, there are a sequence, there is a sequence of stories, and they all build on one another. And in Matthew 10, Jesus empowers his disciples. He gives them power over spirits, and he gives them the ability to raise the dead and to heal the sick and cast out demons. In John 6, When he feeds the 5,000, he says to Philip, give them something to eat. What are we going to feed? And Philip takes the position of an accountant. It's going to take 300 denarii to feed this crowd. And they don't realize, he didn't realize he had the master of the world. He had the master of life and death who can feed them if only you have faith. Jesus tests us. That's why he sent the disciples into the storm. That's why sometimes you and I go into the storm, because Christ and our Father test us. And so in Mark, when when Jesus, when in the, the same narrative, when Jesus pulled Peter into the boat, Mark says, after Jesus asked him, why did he doubt? And chided him by saying, oh, you of little faith. Mark says, he asked them that because they had not learned the lesson of the loaves. In each lesson, and each stage of the disciples' development, Jesus was teaching them who he was and who they could be because they were associated with him. And in our lives, there are moments that are learning points for us. 
that God brings us through one test, one challenge, one storm, so that as we progressively go through each and every storm, our faith should grow, and we should face our storms with a little more certainty. We don't have to say, peace be still, but we can know that God's with us because life and lessons teach us that no matter where we are, if Jesus is with us, then we can be of good cheer. And we can see God in the storm. Are you in a storm? Jesus will walk with you. We're going to extend an invitation to those of you who need Jesus to walk with you in your storm. And you know, you don't have to get personal about the storm. You can, all you need to do is cry out to Jesus. Lord, help. Lord, save me. Lord, be with me. And even in their failure, even when their faith wasn't where Jesus wanted it to be, he never forsook them. When they cried out to him, he proved that he was their shepherd. When they cried out in the middle of their darkness, he proved to them that he was the light. When you and I cry out, he'll be with us. Don't you want a relationship with that Savior? Don't you want a relationship with the person who holds this universe together by the sound of his voice? You can come to him through faith, repentance, and baptism. You can come to him to reestablish your relationship with him if you have been a distance from him. The opportunity is yours. My Savior wants to walk with you in your storm as we stand and as we sing the invitation song.